Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 36, and I'm drinking Chambois. As a listener, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, entertaining, and consistent in my reviews. I chose Chambord for this episode because I first encountered the spirit in my bartending days. It's an odd-shaped bottle. It's very ornate. At the time when I was bartending, it had a crown and a latticework belt around the center. It was also rarely called for, and I think I only ever used it in a version of a kamikaze. Chambord is definitely recognizable, and it's one of the spirits I've planned to feature on this podcast since I started. But to be honest, I'm not sure I've ever tasted it before, and I've likely never even had it in a mixed drink. So this is the first bottle I've ever purchased for this episode. Chambord is a staple of most well-stocked bars today. It's also the flavor category leader for price, if not quality. It has some competitors or substitutes, but you know when you're buying those that you're replacing Chambord, not the other way around. So it seemed a fitting spirit to feature. The bottle of Chambord I have is a standard 750 milliliters. It's 16.5% alcohol by volume, making it a light 33 proof, and it retails for about $32. The packaging for Chambord is very distinctive. The bottle is a little round ball. It's clear glass, but the color of the liqueur gives it a deep black purple color. A gold foil label around the equator of the bottle reads Chambord, and there's an indent with an emblem featuring a crown in the text Black Raspberry Liqueur Royale de France. The short neck is topped with a gold foiled plastic cap with a jeweled purple detail that's meant to resemble a raspberry. My particular bottle also has a hang tag that's finely printed with gold foil and emboss and die cut to give it a decorative shape. The hang tag is a little booklet of recipes, and bottle hang tags are a common marketing practice for many spirits. A barcode and government-required notices are printed on a purple strap that seals the cap down along the back and the neck of the top hemisphere of the bottle, if we're describing it like a globe. A small curved purple label with gold text is centered at the front bottom hemisphere of the bottle with the proof information and importer details. Overall, it's fancy. Time to open the bottle. Let's crack the seal. There we go. Little paper rips and screws right off. For all liquors and liqueurs on this podcast, I taste them neat, which is at room temperature, not diluted, no ice, and I use a clean Glencairn glass, which is a whiskey glass. It's perfect for tasting and enjoying spirits neat. So let's have a little pour. I will say the Chambord bottle is a bit difficult to hold one-handed. So I'm going to try not to drop this, but okay, I've got it. Here's a little pour. In the glass, it's the same color as what's in the bottle, but in a, a smaller pour, smaller concentration. It's not as dark, but it is a black raspberry color. That's the primary ingredient. So think of a a deep purple blackish color to it. It's all natural. When you swirl it in the glass, it does coat the edges pretty good. It's got a nice consistent color. It's very clear. There's no sediment or anything like that, Uh, but it does appear a little bit thicker than just 
pure water. Okay, let's try it on the nose. <laughs> Immediately, I'm taken back to childhood and pancakes and a blackberry syrup that we would get. It is pure berry dessert smell. No hint of ethanol burn. I mean, nah, I... I I mean, maybe a little touch or a tingle, but it smells very sweet. It smells like ice cream topping, like you might get a, a sundae with berry topping. That's what it smells like. Let's go for the taste. That is really nice. It is quite sweet but not syrupy. It's got a very pure caneberry flavor to it. Caneberries being raspberries, blackberries, loganberries, and the kind of berries that'll grow on a bramble or a cane. That's why they're referred to as caneberries. But yeah, very much blackberry, raspberry, black raspberry. Let's try another taste. I keep going back to pancake syrup. It tastes like a blackberry or raspberry pancake syrup. No hint of ethanol at all. I know there's some alcohol in it, but you sure don't taste it. There's a few supporting flavors in there. I can taste what I would like to say is honey, and there's a bit of vanilla. It's a smoothness to it. I think that helps balance the, the berryness. Overall, I think Chambord has been successful in bottling a pure black raspberry flavor. It is on point for what they say it is um, on the label. So you're getting what you're paying for, for sure. Let's dive into the history. I'm disappointed to say that the current brand Persona Online is a little lackluster. The website for Chambord is mostly a waste of time, in my opinion. Nothing on it really makes me want to buy Chambord or order a drink featuring it. The website seems substantially unchanged since 2014 when this version was launched. And six years for a website is a long time. It's well past its prime. And it seems that the brand hasn't been getting a whole lot of marketing love in the last half decade. The YouTube channel has less than 900 subscribers, and there's only 19 videos, nine of which are less than 15-second bumpers. So, Chambord appears currently a bit unloved. But it wasn't always this way. Let's go back to the beginning. Chambord was invented by Norton Sky Cooper, and he was born in 1931 into what was described as a wealthy family in Philadelphia. He graduated from Cornell University with a Bachelor's of Science in Chemistry, and he was a Francophile, meaning he was fluent in French, a lover of French culture, and he was known to travel to France quite often. Sky Cooper's family owned the oldest operational liqueur, or cordials, company, as they referred to it, in the United States. A secretive firm named Jacquion, or more specifically, Charles Jacquion et Compagnie. Jacquion was founded in 1884, but the Cooper family purchased the business after the repeal of Prohibition. Sky Cooper ended up taking over the family business from his father and successfully ran Jacquion for somewhere around 50 years. And on August 18, 1980, 
a trademark was filed for Chambord Liqueur Royale. It came to market in either 1981 or 82. Chambord is said to be inspired by raspberry liqueurs from the Loire Valley in France that date back to the 1600s and were favored by King Louis XIV, who it is even claimed introduced a raspberry liqueur to the Chateau de Chambord, a huge five-century-old Italianate castle. Like many spirits, their early origin story is likely nothing more than clever branding. True, there may have been inspiration from locally produced raspberry liqueurs in the Loire Valley, but as far as I can tell, Norton Sky Cooper created Chambord as another of the many liqueurs his family business produced. Chambord has always been made in the Loire Valley, near the Chateau de Chambord, and the castle is obviously the inspiration for the name. And without knowing any details, you can tell that Chambord was special from a brand standpoint, given the packaging being so ornate right from the start. The original bottles were very reminiscent of a Globus Cruciger or a cross on an orb, the same as the logo on the world's original liqueur, which is Chartreuse, that I detailed in episode 27. It has a cross on an orb as the main logo. Chambord's original bottle replaced the cross with an ornate crown. The crown design itself, I'd say, was modeled after St. Edward's crown, made in 1661. This crown of the British Empire is used on the coat of arms and other symbology, and it happens to feature a purple felt that's the same color as Chambord. The real crown looks like an original bottle of Chambord in many regards, but the detail of the plastic crown on the cap of the original Chambord bottle is spot on to St. Edward's crown, right down to the crosses at the base, the arches, and the cross at the top. St. Edward's crown is also thought to be the model for the crown on Crown Royal Whiskey, and that was introduced in 1939. So I think it's safe to say that Mr. Cooper used his experience and familiarity with the spirits business in 1980 to design the Chambord bottle. The defining element of the original bottle was a gold-colored plastic belt that appeared jeweled and spelled out Chambord Liqueur in lieu of a label. It was meant to be top shelf in the addition of Royale to the original name, helped class it up, and make it appear more regal, in my opinion. Being made in France, Chambord has always been an import, even though Jacquion is based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Sky Cooper was successful in creating a true French liqueur, from his home base in the city of Brotherly Love. Sky Cooper's sons, John and Robert Cooper, also worked in the family business, and they spent many years marketing Chambord around the world. Chambord's popularity grew, but things pretty much stayed the same for the brand until 2006 when Chambord was sold to the spirits conglomerate Brown Foreman for $255 million in cash. Brown Foreman purchased not only the brand, but the French production facility for Chambord with 20 employees at the time. The Coopers did pretty well, and while it seems the senior Sky Cooper likely reaped the lion's share of the proceeds, the sons John and Robert each seemed to have had a stake in Chambord when Brown Foreman acquired it. But once they were cashed out and left without their premier brand from Jacquion, the Cooper brothers used their experience and left their father's firm to pursue their own fortunes in the spirits business. And as a consumer, our cocktails are better for it. As Robert Cooper invented and launched St. Germain Elderflower Liqueur in 2007, and his brother John followed in the same year with Domaine de Canton Ginger Liqueur. 
So one could reasonably say that without Chambord, we would not have St. Germain nor Domaine de Canton. Once Brown Foreman had Chambord, they left it as is for several years until 2010 when the only real change in the brand's history occurred. And this change was the redesign of the bottle. The bottle redesign coincided with an ill-fated brand extension of Chambord-flavored vodka. Chambord's brand manager at the time said of the new packaging, The driving force behind the design was to ensure the bottle appeals to contemporary Chambord drinkers. Changes to the Chambord liqueur bottle are a reflection of those who enjoy Chambord. Modern, fashionable, and charismatic. It was also noted, however, that the new bottle offered simpler, cleaner pours, and the neck and cap had been redesigned to improve usability while cleaner, clearer, and lighter weight glass showcased the brand's deep, natural color. The bottle update clearly simplified the packaging and likely reduced costs. I personally think they did a good job of retaining the heritage of the original, ornate, lattice-wrapped, crown-topped bottle while making it more modern and user-friendly. So, good job to Brown Foreman for this. But from a marketing standpoint, it seems like they could do more, though admittedly the market for Chambord may be fairly satiated. It's very sweet, it's low-proof, and it's best used as a small addition to a cocktail or a modifier of another more prominent spirit. Chambord really is meant for mixing, so the potential sales volume given the current product formulation may not have much headroom. I'm not sure how much Chambord is produced annually, but I found a reliable resource that as of 2019 estimated there were 16 employees at the production facility in France, and it generated about $8.5 million in sales annually. I also briefly mentioned substitutes for Chambord at the beginning of this episode. The most notable is Chateau Monet, designed to create brand confusion for the consumer and priced at about a third to a half of Chambord. And you can go lower down the price scale as well, snagging a raspberry liqueur at a similar proof for $10 or less in most well-stocked liquor stores. So Chambord owns the top shelf position, and it may be hard to go up from there. The social media accounts are kept current, but everything is reflective of what I consider to be an odd campaign launched in 2014. And again, it doesn't really make me want to go out and buy Chambord or order drink with it at a bar. So on to how it's made. Chambord is made from quality ingredients. They're all natural and there are no artificial colors used. The website lists three steps to making Chambord, mixing French in un deux trois with what feels to me like a forced, flippant writing style summed up by their hashtag, because no reason. This is reflected in the rest of their site as well, and the limited media the brand curates online. It feels odd. And all the sources I found in doing research for this episode seem to regurgitate what the website says in regards to production. They leave it pretty vague. Blackberries and raspberries are macerated in French spirits for four weeks, then more spirits are added for an additional two-week infusion. They press it to extract the juices and discard the pomace. Then they add some non-alcoholic juice from black currants and black raspberries, plus some fine French cognac, Madagascan vanilla, and fragrant herbs. A single clove and a cinnamon stick are shown on the website. The third step is a master blender using 300 years of tradition to create Chambord. But more detail is to be had, and I pride myself on being well-researched. And one of my favorite tools is the Wayback Machine, which is the Internet Archive's deep catalog of defunct websites. 
And digging deep into web searches, I found the original website for Shamborg, which was shamborgonline.com, which was a very fashionable thing to do back then. Simply tack online onto your brand name for a URL. Ah, the innocence of the late 90s. Anyway, the earliest archived version of Shamborg's site from 1999 discloses more about production than current sources. It reads, At every point of production, Shamborg's commitment to quality never wavers. Made in small batches to ensure that only the ripest fruits are used, Shamborg cultivates the finest framboise noirs, small black raspberries, which are the essence of the liqueur. When these framboise are at their peak of flavor, they are hand-picked, and prepared for infusion into fine cognac that has been mellowing in oak barrels for a minimum of four years. Once the primary infusion of black raspberries is complete, other fruit extracts are also blended into the liqueur, such as blackberry, currant, and red raspberry. Additional herbs and spices are added, including a percolation of orange, lemon, cloves, cinnamon, ginger, mace, and a touch of vanilla. At the final moment, a touch of French acacia honey is added and the liqueur is aged in wood barrels for the marriage of ingredients to be complete. The result, a gracious and aromatic liqueur that can be savored alone or mixed to create new drinks that embody the spirit of La Celebration. So that verbatim content from the 1999 website gives us the additional details of orange, lemon, cloves, cinnamon, ginger, mace, which is the husk of nutmeg, and a touch of vanilla along with honey. This gives us a clearer picture of the complex flavor that is Chambord. And though I haven't been able to confirm that Brown Foreman hasn't changed the recipe since they acquired the brand, if they did, it likely did not affect the flavor, as nobody online has mentioned it, and a change in formulation is usually notable. Because of the low proof and Chambord being made from all natural ingredients, Shelf life is said to be between 6 and 12 months. It probably won't hurt you to drink Schamburg older than this, but it will likely have lost its true flavor and may be a bit off. Now on to cocktails and consumption. Schamburg shines as a modifier in cocktails. It's often called for in recipes that create a raspberry version of a known drink. The Schamburg Kamikaze, for instance, that I mentioned at the beginning, just modifies the typical equal parts of vodka, lime juice, and triple sec with a small pour of Schamburg. The most popular use for Schamburg likely is as a modifier to champagne or Prosecco in a 1 to 6 ratio of Schamburg to the bubbly. Creating a modified Cure Royale, substituting Schamburg for the traditional creme de cassis, and you have the Schamburg Royale. Chambord can also be used to pour over desserts, much in the way that Kahlua, the coffee liqueur I covered in episode 30, can be used in recipes. But honestly, I'm going to try this on pancakes this weekend for sure. It just tastes like pancake syrup, in a good way. So in summary, what do I think of Chambord? The spirit itself, the flavor, is really top-notch. It's amazing. Spot on for what they're going for. It tastes like black raspberry liqueur. That's awesome. Plus the bottle, the bottle is so much part of the branding. It's really recognizable on your bar. It's kind of fun to hold. A little bit difficult to pour out of, but you're not using it much. So that's a non-issue, I would say. 
I am a little disappointed in the brand persona that is Shamborg for the last several years that I'm seeing online. Maybe they have a good on-premise program where they're really promoting the spirit in bars and for cocktail use, but given our global pandemic, I'm sure that's been turned off for the last several months anyway. So it's a great brand. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't think it's going anywhere. I just think that it could use a little new life breathed into it, bring some new consumers to it. And the clock is ticking on this bottle. I've got six months, 12 months to finish it. I don't know, it might not last that many weeks. I like it. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can find the show on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And I wanted to give a little shout out to all of my new listeners in India. I've gotten recently listed on a new podcast platform there, and I've seen a big spike in listenership from India. So welcome. Are there Indian spirits you would like me to try? Maybe I can get my hands on them here in the U.S. Feel free to reach out. The show is also on social media. Facebook and Instagram are where I'm most active. You can also join the mailing list. There's a link in show notes. My apologies also for poor pronunciation of French Hopefully you were able to understand, and I didn't butcher it too badly. Please leave me your feedback, and as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>